across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. But it's after 11. You're listening to the Headspace. Lawyers for Human Rights yesterday appeared before the Pretoria High Court on behalf of five groups of informal waste reclaimers and recyclers challenging the lockdown regulations that do not include waste reclaimers as essential providers. To tell us more about this, we are now joined on the line by Ms. Tandega Chauge, who is a legal counsel and housing program at Lawyers for Human Rights. Ms. Chauge, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Hi, how are you? Well, thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. So what exactly is happening in the story? Um, so we represent uh, a group of um, five tractors of informal waste retainers that are based in the region of city of Swane and the Gauteng province. Um, initially, we were representing two of those five groups in separate um, litigation matters, and the additional three came um, to attention when um, the lockdown commenced on the 26th of March. The main issues that were brought to um, our attention was the fact that as a result of the lockdown and the lockdown regulations that are promulgated by the minister, um, they haven't been um, able to go out and work, to continue working and to be able to make an income to support themselves and to support their families. So um, we wrote a letter of demand on their behalf to the president and the minister of culture and various other um, ministers, including Minister of Police and Sanders, because essentially whenever they're trying to go out to work, they'd be stopped by law enforcement and be required to present permits. What we requested in terms of that state of demand is that they be declared an essential service and um, that they be provided with the relevant protective equipment and gear to continue working and then that they be able to um, authorize their own permits. So what about their work constitutes essential work or essential service? So the regulations actually list sanitation, waste, and refuse removal services as an essential service. Um, Under the regulations, it doesn't exclusively say that this is limited to municipal workers, but following the court hearing and the um, opposing affidavits that were filed by the state, it seems that is the interpretation, that is the narrow interpretation that um, they prefer. However, we disagree with that because um, the work of the reclaimers does fit within sanitation, waste, and refuse removal. For years, reclaimers um, in South Africa have been fighting for former recognition in the environmental and waste management system. Um, They're still working on laws and policies that can enforce that um, formalization and recognition. But um, they're still a long long way from that, um, from being formally integrated. And I think that is really the root cause um, of, you know, the exclusion from from the regulations now. So what exactly are you suggesting? Are you suggesting people who are making money out of the waste that is essential service? Because of, or by, by your own admission, uh, those who are garbage collectors uh, are already doing that service of collecting the garbage. But now, uh, the, the, your clients are not necessarily collecting garbage, but are profiting out of that garbage, correct? So they are, but um, in addition to that, the extent of the work that they're doing has um, 
great economic and environmental benefits, not for only themselves, but also for the state. There are reports that indicate that the work that the reclaimers um, do has saved municipalities almost 750 million rand in landfill costs. Because what they do is they um, implement what is called separation outside of source. So they will go and um, look at um, household waste, waste generated by households and businesses, and they will collect um, reusable and um, recyclable materials separated from the actual solid waste that requires to be disposed. And then those um, recyclable materials can then be used as inputs in production, and they don't have to end up in the landfill sites, which would generate um, increased costs for municipalities. So they actually do this at almost no cost to municipalities because the earnings that they make are really very marginal to what the municipal workers make. I, I totally understand the nobility and the wonder these people are doing. However, almost any South African can claim to be doing something that is noble and wonderful that does not rise to the level of it being categorized as essential service. The, the, well, another, yeah, yes, go, go ahead. Yes. Now. Mm-hmm. I understand that view, but another, another perspective of this is the fact that um, these informal entertainers are, they must be indigent and poor people that have had to engage in this type of work as a means to find, to create um, employment. So they are self-starters, they are entrepreneurs that are trying to eke out a living for themselves. Um, the problem with the regulations and why, why it's playing out this way is that, in, in our opinion and our view, the regulations don't really take into account or didn't take into account the position of vulnerable people or vulnerable groups in um, South Africa, such as the, the waste pickers who went into this crisis already on a back foot. And um, in terms of social assistance and accessing the social relief that has been coming in, we are almost two weeks into the lockdown, and only now are they starting to see some sort of like hope on the horizon with the food parcels. But again, there will still be issues because um, if you look particularly at the groups that we represent, the five groups in City of Tani, majority of the individuals in those groups are non-nationals. And we do foresee that there will be problems of them being excluded from any sort of financial relief as well that would come through from government. And their main concern, the waste pickers themselves, is that if the lockdown is then extended beyond 16 April, it's, it really won't be a sustainable situation for themselves, particularly because they also um, financially support their families that are back home. Not all of them are based in Gauteng, and not all of them are based in South Africa. Um, so there's, there's still that concern to be addressed. I understand. I totally understand. But again, this is not exclusive to them. The economic ramifications of a lockdown do not only affect them, all South Africans are affected economically by the lockdown, why should they be treated any differently? Well, it goes back to what I'm saying. I'm just reiterating the point that the regulations didn't take into account that South Africa is a very divided and unequal society. And some people will need more assistance than others. 
You understand? So this is why we are um, pursuing this journey for the Wayne Street claimants. Th- then why don't and you argue that, that, ma'am? Ma'am, why do you want to be categorized, or your clients? Why do your clients want to be categorized as essential service instead of being like the rest of us South Africans, finding ways of being assisted by the government? Why do we want to be reclassified uh, instead of getting the assistance you actually need? So it's not it's not necessarily seeking for them to be classified, but we're seeking a declaration that they are indeed part of um, waste and refuse removal services. So we're saying that classification already exists, but in practice, they're not being allowed to um, exercise that. And it seems that because the decision... Um, taken by government to exclude waste pickers. In fact, it was only made on the 2nd of April. And if you look at when the regulations are promulgated, it was on the 26th of March. So really it was an afterthought to say, no, when we said waste and refuse removal services, we really meant to um, to make that exclusive to municipal workers and not the informal workers that do the same kind of work. So, and it goes back again to what I'm trying to explain, this history of the, the reclaimers trying to gain recognition and integration um, into the environmental and waste management system. So, in your view, they are already essential service. They are just not recognized as such. Yes, that is our view. But um, the minister says that she then took the decision on the 2nd of April to um, to to state that they are not part of that and that that's refuse and, and, and waste removal only applies to municipal workers. All right. So yesterday you appeared before the Pretoria High Court. What happened? So we appeared before the High Court and um, the application was dismissed. We haven't received um, a reasoned judgment yet from the judge, but um, our instructions from the clients are to appeal the judgment. Okay. When you appeared before court yesterday and your application was dismissed, um, did the judge say anything? Put, put aside the fact that perhaps you, you, you wanted uh, something in writing to study the judgment, but did the judge say anything as to reasons for deciding in that fashion? Um, well, I can't speculate, but I can tell you what um, the state argues, because that is perhaps what um, she will rely on in her in her judgment. They argued that there would be, well, aside from the fact that they are not part of essential services, as per our interpretation, um, they also argued that there would be um, increased health risks um, due to the virus and them being exposed to the virus, and that the permitting regime would then be um, undermined if they are if they are granted an exemption to um, find their own permits. Um, yes, so those are some of the main arguments. And you do not agree with them, obviously. So we do, we don't agree with that because um, we we argued to mitigate the hard risk um, that they should be obviously provided with PPE in an ideal case. If that can't come from the state, we can obviously come from other stakeholders. The, the, the reclaimers themselves are pretty well organized, so they have links with international organizations, national organizations, and local associations that have been helping them in terms of educating them on how to deal with um, waste during this time. They've been, um, they've been all informed to deal with waste as if it's all contaminated. 
but then obviously the huge challenge would then be um, accessing the, the, the gear that they need. We did note that the city of Sane has um, provided their own municipal workers with um, PPE, protective gear and equipment. Um, so we do think it's a feasible plan for the reclaimers to be able to work so long as they have those, um, those protective measures. Another thing that we put forward is the fact that we're not saying that there should be just uh, free movement for the reclaimers. We are saying that they can still um, stick to the, the restrictions on movement by indicating in their permits exactly which suburbs they would be collecting from and on which days. So they could work out a schedule with the municipality that can allow the municipality to be able to monitor their movement so as to um, lessen the, the exposure to risk. All right. I'll let me take a voice note for you before we conclude our conversation. <laughs> Nay, there's a book uh, titled Animal Farm. All animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. The same goes to lockdown. If we start analyzing or interpreting what South Africans are doing differently, then everyone will be categorized as an essential worker. I mean, if we can go there now by start digging deep, then we will defeat the purpose of the lockdown. So I think some will be in the advantage side and some will be less advantaged. So I think your human rights lawyer should just admit that. Thank you. All right. Uh, would you like to respond to that, ma'am? <laughs> I still don't agree on that. So um, I, I really, I, I can only just plead to people to see um, the human rights perspective of this. And yes, I think I've exhausted everything that we're trying to do here. Let's conclude the, our conversation on that note, ma'am. So who's paying for all of this? Who is? Who's supporting lawyers for human rights to litigate on this matter? Oh, we're a non-profit organization, so we litigate at, at no cost to anyone. I understand. So you, there are no donations to pay your salaries? They, we do have funders, but um, the, the representation of clients is, is just based on public interest and um, human rights. Yeah, and so you are going to be appealing this particular matter using those funders? I don't actually think these matters are funded because, I mean, no one anticipates a crisis. Yeah. So we actually we work with, um, with advocates that are willing to take on pro bono briefs from us. Um, so we've established, we've had to establish oh. relationships with various council that are willing to work on that basis for matters that don't have funding. Ah, so even yesterday you 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 were before the Pretoria High Court pro bono use, using an, an advocate pro bono. Yes. Ah, okay, that that makes all the sense. <laughs> There's no hidden agenda. <laughs> you right. <laughs> I understand, ma'am. I understand. Yes, Th- yes, all the best with your case. Uh, I'd like to hear what happens with your appeal. So when are you appealing? Uh, obviously, it'll be an expedited uh, process. It'll be to the Constitutional Court. We're busy working on it now. So if the lockdown comes to an end on the 16th as planned, uh, you just might miss the boat, right? Not really, because then we'll still have the judicial precedent. Ah, okay. That's yeah. what you're gunning for. Okay. 
Wow, it would still be helpful to have that because there's several legal issues that need to be determined and clarified. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. I understand. All the best to you, ma'am. Please do let us know when you're going to the Constitutional Court. would like to hear what the Constitutional Court says about this. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Tandega Choga, legal counselor, land and housing program at Lawyers for Human Rights.